hello and welcome to the CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Spring Hill, Tennessee on Shane's back porch, but a fair six feet apart. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Edmond, joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. Did you have any trouble getting past the peasants with pitchforks and torches that are in my front yard complaining that I'm not panicked enough? Uh... I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> you caught me off guard with that one. I, the problem is we're sitting here on lounge chairs. It's a beautiful day outside. I'm just, I don't have the, like, my energy's down, but in a good way. I feel so relaxed and subdued compared to how we normally record. Yeah, usually at the end of it, it's at the end of a work day, and we've both been running around, and we're like, okay, got to catch a pod this evening. Kind of having this time. I took today off. I didn't go to the office or do nothing today. I just said, "Hey, I'm gonna take it easy today." I've been, I've been having, I've been working today. I was up in various parts of the city this morning, but I'm, I'm definitely taking the afternoon very, very easy. Luckily, my boss doesn't listen to the podcast. So. <laughs> I was exactly. Unless Greg is listening, in which event he's, he's working his brain out right now. Greg's right. <laughs> laptop in front of him. Well, he's doing quotes. I, I, I will say it is not. It is not really related to the show, but one of the things I'm very blessed with is the fact that, that Greg doesn't care what time of day I get my work done as long as I... Because most of the time I will. I'll take a couple hours in the middle of the day from like 2 to 3 or 2 to 4 and do something personal, whatever. But he knows that I'm also working at 6, 7, 8 o'clock at night some nights too, and it all balances out. There's a lot to be said for having a boss that trusts you to get the work done and not care about the hours you punch. I never want to work for anyone that does anything other than results-only work. Yeah. To me, having to punch a clock and chain myself to a desk for eight hours a day would be the same as jumping out in front of a moving truck. Yeah. there's. Just, I've, I've been in that world before, and I have no desire to go back. Oh, yeah. But anyway, let's talk about our cigars. Let's light up a cigar, and then we'll start getting into all the articles today. All right. So I am actually smoking a cigar that I pulled out of a... a hefty little grab bag earlier you look like you're looking around for it no i was reaching for my cigar oh gotcha um so this is a cigar that i've actually never had before i i used to be a huge fan of christoph cigars and then my local shop got a box that all smelled and tasted like manure yeah they just smelled like fertilizer i remember that box of cigars and uh, no, this was actually back in Atlanta, but it's oh, good okay. to know it affected their whole production line. Yeah, there was a box of those, you know, when it four owners ago. Yeah, so um, that timing's about right. So this is the Christoph Vengeance Perfecto. Uh, like I said, I haven't had a Christoph in many, many years, but this sounds. There's just something about a Perfecto that you don't see often enough. So when I saw it in the bag, I had to grab it. Uh, plus. It's a medium full-bodied Connecticut broadleaf wrapper over Indonesian, Dominican, and Nicaraguan binder and filler. That sounds that sounds an awful lot like a charter oak, honestly. It does, and it's got that deep, rich brown color. I mean, it's really looks oily. Looks like it'll be a good cigar. Kristoffs yeah. are great cigars. They're slow smoking. I've never had a fast Kristoff. No, definitely not. And I'll, and like I said, my first exposure to them was that very box from that batch where it seemed like they were all wet. There is something about a Perfecto that is just the perfect shape for a cigar. Like if I were going to draw a picture of a cartoon cigar, that's exactly the shape I would draw. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm smoking something special this week. A buddy of mine for my birthday brought me a seven-year-old feral flying pig. 
went on. He came to the shop and he had a couple of cigars for me. And he said, that one's seven years old. And you know it's good. Here's a, here's a hidden um, hint for you. When you walk in the humidor and the cellophane is yellow, go ahead and buy one. Don't, don't let that walk by you. And all, because this one, the cellophane was nice and yellowed out. And this, this cigar is perfectly aged. It's got a good flavor to it. Very excited to clip this one and fire it up. So the Feral Pig, the wrapper is a Connecticut Broadleaf Maduro. The binder is Brazilian Matafina. And the filler is Nicaraguan. It only comes in one Vitola, 5 and 3 eighths by 60 Perfecto. It's funny, I don't think we've ever had a show where we both smoked a Perfecto. Yeah, I don't think so either. And now you'd set your microphone down. <laughs> we don't have our stands out here, so it was... Oh, I've got a stand over here. <laughs> Not for the mic, as well. <laughs> but when we're, when we're leaned back like this in the easy chairs and all, and we're not in the, you know, it kind of made sense for you to come here. I don't think we'd have both fit in the garden shed together. Well, no, now that the weather's nice, I'm back out on the patio under the umbrella, and it's wonderful. Oh, okay. We actually pulled the... Um, this is going to be a long story. Now's the time to light your cigar. We actually pulled... Um, Put a fire in the fire pit last night and pulled the projector out on the back patio and hooked it up to the the Roku and projected it on the the wall of the patio. And so actually had a little bit of a movie night outside last night because it was so nice. It was I'm, I'm loving getting back to this this spring and summer weather again. Okay, so what have you watched on quarantine? What's been what's been what's been something that normally you wouldn't have watched that you caught? All right, so you are going to make fun of me for this, but well, that was the point uh, of asking uh, the question. Yeah. So I've actually been going back and watching rewatching Scrubs lately, uh, just because it was a show that I watched when it was on. I've kind of run out of my usual round of of mindless TV that's good for background noise. You know, I've been through MASH recently, I've been through House recently, I've been through, you know, a number of other shows, and so I went back to Scrubs, but uh, on the um, recommendation of my parents, last couple nights ago, we sat down after dinner and watched Yesterday. Have you heard of that movie? I have not. It was awesome. So the idea is that this guy gets hit by a bus, and when he wakes up... No one in the world remembers the Beatles. Oh, yeah. I heard about this movie. It's really good. Uh, I was... The only bad part about it was that Kate McKinnon's in it. Other than that, super well done. Loved here. I'm a Beatles fan, but sometimes you just... You forget how good their music is. And it's just... It was great hearing all those songs again and, and just... Having it woven into a to a theatrical, I highly recommend that movie. So Beatles are a step away from cigars. I guess we got to have a music conversation real quick. The here's the interesting thing about the Beatles. The Beatles are the most famous group ever. That I'm sure more people say, "Who sings that?" The Beatles, because they had you such a, so? yeah, they had such a huge wide portfolio. If you look at the difference in come together. And um, I want to hold your hand. Yeah. That's both ends of the spectrum. Well, and the the one I think most often gets overlooked is Twist and Shout. That's one that's really hard to realize that it was them. But I will say they are, in my opinion, the only band or one of the few bands that gets better into their career. You know, most bands come out hot and then they fizzle out. The Beatles 
probably got famous a little earlier than they should have. Their last three or four albums were better than all of the rest of their portfolio before that and the crap that came afterwards. The it, it's inter, It'd be interesting. I would love to take, we'll have to take some of our young denzines of the cigar shop and set them down and play them music and see if they could pick out what is a Beatles song and what isn't. And I bet I, if they got fifty, if Austin got fifty percent right, I would be shocked. Oh, I w- I would be too. And I'll, but even Jonathan, even, but if you get some younger people and you play certain songs and them to know is that the Beatles or not the Beatles? Yeah, especially with so much of their work having been covered. So you know, like Aerosmith did a version of "Come Together" that's really that's actually really good. You know, Joe Cocker did with a little help from my friend. You know, you've heard those songs, but maybe not realizing where they came from. I, I bet we'd be interested to see who knows it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting topic to think about, but this is not a music podcast. This is a cigar podcast. It is. So uh, there hasn't been a whole lot of news in the cigar industry lately, at least not that doesn't directly relate to the coronavirus pandemic, uh, just because pretty much everybody's slowed down for the most part. I've, I know a couple of people are looking at shutting down their factories and some other things. But one thing that did come out this week, or actually came out just today, is that Crown Heads is now going to be distributing Ace Prime cigars. So this is a great move. So we had Luciano Moreas on the show earlier this year, and we were both just knocked back by how good his cigars were. Mm-hmm. The Pachardos and the Travelers that he gave us and how good those cigars were. And matter of fact, it wasn't three or four episodes ago, I was complaining that I couldn't find a Pachardo anywhere. Exactly. And I asked you if they'd got them at Smoker's Abbey. So it's good that Ace Prime has now come together with Crown Heads and said, okay, we need help distributing, and Crown Heads has stepped up to do that. And uh, I didn't know that. So the um, the Pichardo factory is in Esteli, Nicaragua, and um, just a, a really neat cigar. Those Pichardos, I really enjoyed the flavor. They're a little small. I hope they make them in a little bigger ring gauge. Especially considering that the factory's only been around since 2005. You know, it, they're a young company, and so they've got a lot of heritage that they bring, you know, and experience that they bring with it. But the the factory only being around since 2005 to already be producing a cigar of that quality is is really impressive. Well, and I didn't know. And I wonder if I had have known. If I had known that the Juarez was produced at the Pachardo factory when I smoked it, I wonder if I would have gave it any different rating. Huh. I don't think I would have because I don't I didn't like it at all. It's almost worth having another one now that you know though. It's it's almost worth it. It's a, and it, like I said, it was kinda like everything Crown Heads made last year. It just wasn't nothing good. Yeah. You know, it wasn't terrible, but it was not anything good. So I'd be interested to see how that how that affects, you know, crown heads going forward. I'm hoping that means we see a lot more of them in our local brick and mortars because that's a cigar that definitely deserves the exposure. Yeah, it does. And I hope they get the sizes because, like I said, they only had the one size when they met with us. Right. And all. And it was kind of a Toro. A Toro-esque. Which I didn't have a problem with. It was a, it was a little small. I think it was like a 52 or a 50. I mean, it, was, it wasn't quite a full Toro, but but yeah. So, all right. Well, we've, 
we've kind of talked about it already. Like I said, there's not a whole lot of news outside of what's happening with the coronavirus pandemic. Um, this comes from Aficionado. They released a couple of days ago um, an article, just industry insight about how cigar shops are responding to the pandemic. I realize we probably don't need to tell any of our listeners how the cigar shops are responding because they're seeing it. Well, there's, it's the, the thing about a cigar shop is how little it has to do with the cigars, how much it has to do with sitting around with other people, having good conversations, talking to one another, socializing, how little it actually has to do with the cigars. It took me three to five days to figure out how to work without the cigar shops being open. So much of my estimates I put together, my phone calls and my emails take place in a cigar shop to the point that, and it, at the time it was still too cold to be out on my patio. So it was just having to figure out the note because yeah, it's not just about the cigar. I can smoke a cigar and work at home. It's, but how, yeah, it's the camaraderie. It's the background noise. It's the atmosphere. There's so much that goes to it. I didn't realize how much I was hamstringing myself by, by making that my office. When it wasn't available. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's our Tuesday night poker game. It's hearing what's going on in certain people's lives. And there's there's a lot of guys whose social life is the cigar shop. Mm-hmm. You know, um, jokingly, one of our friends coined the phrase of um, the cigar shop is the home for unwed fathers. <laughs> <laughs> and all, and, but it is kind of true. Yeah. And all, it is a place, if you're not a big drinker, you can go to the cigar shop. You can have a cigar. It's not, you know, a lot of people have a bar that they go to, cheers type bar. Right. But if you're not a drinker, it's not a lot of fun to go sit in a bar. No, it's definitely not. And all, but you can sit in a cigar lounge and have one cigar in the span of eight hours and nobody will say a thing to you. They may ask if you'd like another cigar. Right. But, nobody, but they're not going to twist your arm and make you light one up. Yeah, the owner's not going to come out and say, hey, if you, you, know, if you ain't smoking, you got to leave. Although I have <laughs> been in cigar shops like that. If you you smoke one and sit around for a couple hours, I'll be like, "All right, you need to you need to either buy another cigar or get moving." That shop is now closed. It should be. Yeah, it really should be because there you know there's other things to be sold there. And hey, if four people are sitting there and three of them stay longer because the fourth one is sitting there and just happens not to be smoking, why why complain? Mm-hmm. And also. They're talking about a lot of this is the thing is every business has been through its ups and downs. This is different though because it's been I think it's been amplified by social media. It has. I I don't want to go too deep into that cuz you and I spent a good 15 minutes before we even started recording both getting on our high horses about that and I don't think that it it furthers our cause or anything but you know, there's definitely there's definitely reason to have concern, reason to take precaution. It, it, is it to the extent that we are taking action? I doubt it. But what this really comes down to is that, you know, a lot of cigar shops, we're not talking about, you know, a Buffalo Wild Wings or a, a bar that has a... a uh, you know, community feel, but a, a national reach. We're talking about mom and pop operations. These people, cigar shops, operate on razor thin margins and very small 
uh, profits. And so something like being completely shut down for two, three, four weeks can be the difference between them being able to go back to business when this is all over or not. It can. And, you know, we talked last week that if you've been holding off and you're financially able, go ahead and get a box for yeah. the brick and mortar. And I'll kind of do as much as you can to help them out. But let's talk about the the sight unseen cigar. You know, I was thinking about this because they put a um, order closing the lounge, and now they've got it where you call the cigar lounge and they bring your cigar out to the car. Right. And so much of me getting a cigar is walking in the humidor and seeing what strikes my fancy. Yeah. It was it was tough. So I pulled into the cigar shop this morning, and I called Beth, and I said, hey, I need, you know, do you have three Charter Oak Toros sitting in there left? And because I buy them three at a time right now. And she goes, no, I've got two. I said, okay, give me two. She's like, anything else? And I was like, no. Because I came up there knowing I was good. And I went, wait a minute. Okay, give me an ADN. You know, like, but it's. Whereas if I had been walking through, I may have picked up a Whiskey Rebellion from Romacraft, or I may have picked up, you know, there's something so visual about seeing the facings on the shelf that that dictates what we buy and how many. Yeah, and it's hard to premeditate your cigar. It's hard for me to know, okay, at this time, I'm going to want this cigar. Now, there are... You know, there are staple cigars. Right. I know whenever I grab an Africa, it's going to be a good cigar. And you know whenever you have a ribeye, you're about to smoke a Padron. Yeah. I know so many of the, you know, so many things that are just kind of givens in the cigar business. Hang on, my headphones have fell off. Say something, Trey. I was looking for, I was going to say, speaking of which, I had had the pleasure, I meant to post this on Facebook, of the... um, the new, was it Esperada? Yeah, by Monte Cristo. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that cigar was amazing. I was gifted one of those for my birthday uh, from Hutch over at Casa Monte Cristo. And saving it aside for a special occasion. And so this weekend I decided to light it up. And holy, are you, you all right over there? Yeah, go ahead. Um I cleaned the headphones and there's no grip left on the okay. sides. They're just between the clean head and the clean headphones. It's just sliding everywhere. <laughs> um, but there's something, you know, that was a cigar that I wouldn't have ever picked up. And I only, like, it It, it never would have been a de- destination in its own right. Like you said, it wouldn't have been a premeditated out, outside of just happening to have it in my humidor. Well, and this kind of brings up an interesting point kind of know the palate if you're a regular at a cigar shop kind of know the palate of the people that work there because mm-hmm. i know people that i share a palate with and i could tell them hey go get me something or if they call you know if hutch calls and says hey shane this is a good cigar hutch and i's palate pretty similar yeah and hutch has a very very evolved palate and he also he also is so good at his job that and because he listens to the show, he understands what our palates are. You know, he and I are in a couple of Facebook groups in the Nashville area relating to cigars, and I'm seeing people post, and he's making jokes about their regular cigar. You know, like that's somebody who really gets it. Yeah. 
So having somebody that, but okay. So let's give give me your top three side unseen cigars. So I'm gonna set the scenario for you. Your regular stuff you've got at home. All right. You know, most of us have enough of our regular stuff at home where we bought it at a at a deal when it was on an event or something like that. So you're in the mood for something different, but you don't have the option of walking in the humidor and doing the humidor brows. Give me something off the beaten path that you can ask the the person getting them to pick you one up. Anything with a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. I have had very few cigars with a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper that I didn't like. If I called Beth right now and said, hey, give me anything with a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, would you like to know the amount of profanity she would hate sling back okay. at me? All right. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, come yeah. on, tighten it up. Okay. <laughs> You could do better than that, Trey. Um, all right. Anything from La Aurora in a Toro? That's a little better. And uh, the La Aurora, you know, so here's the thing. Different companies have their profile. And that profile changes from time to time. And you kind of have to keep abreast on it. But I always know if I want a strong cigar, I'm going to buy an LFD. Right. Um, this year, everything La Aurora's made has just knocked my socks off. Mm-hmm. And I'll just same as this year, everything that Crown Heads has made has not been has not been good for me. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> uh, headphones fell off again. Uh, yeah, the, the, by the same token, I could also say go to the Illusione section of the humidor. So what is the profile of Illusione? What would you consider their profile? Um, what kind of cigar should I be in the mood for if I asked them to get me an Illusione? If you want something that's going to hit like a Davidoff, but actually have flavor. That, that, that is how I categorize the, the construction is always spot on. The flavor is nuanced and complex. And for the price, it's they are incredibly good. I'm going to tell. I would say go to the Illusione wall, and looking at the the color spectrum of their wrappers, find me something in the darkest third. But that's just because I know their line, right? You know their line pretty well. You know it's interesting because I'm probably not going to order anything from Tatawahe side unseen because it's such a roll of the dice. There is, yeah. Um, I know surrogate, surrogate cigars, surrogate, however they pronounce that. Right. Um, their stuff is always going to be super stiff and, uh, and always going to be, you know, a, a really strong cigar. So I need to be I need to be in the mood for the level above a La, La Florida Dominica mm-hmm. if I get surrogate. Um, Perdomo is always going to be safe. Yep. Sun grown. Yeah. Perdomo sun grown. Perdomo champagne. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a good one to call for. If you've not had one, you could call for a Perdomo Champagne. It's widely available, and I think most, very few people are not going to like that cigar. That is one of the things that I think serves that particular one, that particular cigar so well is the fact that even as a full-bodied cigar smoker, I still find something I enjoy in that, in that champagne. So we're going to come back to this topic after the break. I'm going to, I'm going to drill you down and make you commit to, to something eventually. Okay. And I'll, but before we go, I do have to say, this seven-year-old feral pig is 
freaking amazing. Yeah. I've probably smoked two or three boxes of feral pigs in my life, and I can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is the best feral pig I've ever had. Wow. That now, is high praise. I knew we were doing the show today. Yeah. So I've purposely not had another cigar all day. Because you knew that was going to be the one. I knew this was the one I was smoking tonight. So I've preserved my palate. I've also been relaxing all day, taking it easy, playing a little Warcraft, playing with the dog, you know, doing all Putting yourself stuff. in the right frame of mind. Yeah. So is in the weather's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's it's just kind of everything is hitting just right. This is just the cigar I needed at this moment. What's the Kristoff treating you like? Eh. <laughs> eh. He's a wordsmith, folks. Well, <laughs> Trey Dittman. How much more? How much more can you say? You know, than just it's because that is. If a cigar is just meh. You don't need to expand 35 words on what makes it completely pointless. It's it's a four. Wow. It, it's just... Now, it, the construction's a little tight for my taste. It's very grassy, which is not a flavor that I particularly care for. It's just sort of just not doing anything for me. Hmm. Well, it'll be interesting as you finish it through the show what it warms up to. I do think I'm going to clip a little bit more off the tip when I when we're on the break and see if that opens it up for me a little bit. Yeah, and my poker's around here somewhere, too. Right. Yeah, mine's in the car, poker's too. everywhere. All right, so we'll be back after the Cigar Under 8. here with this week's Cigar Under 8. This week we'll talk about a good cigar that we were talking about when we were discussing side unseen cigars, the Perdomo Champagne. This is one of the best-selling cigars of all time, and I think there's a really good reason for that. It doesn't matter what your palate is. If you prefer a mild cigar, it's definitely going to hit you right as being very flavorful compared to some of the others in that market. But even if you like full-bodied cigars, this is a great light morning coffee pairing cigar that that has a lot of flavor despite not being terribly strong. Yeah, it's a Connecticut with an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. It's a Nicaraguan binder and filler, and it's just what Perdomo does so well. It's 100% consistent every single time. Probably probably about go so far as say this is my favorite Perdomo. I can under, I could I could understand that. And I will thanks everybody till next week with try Perdomo champagne. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. It's one of your hosts, Shane, sitting six foot away from the man who spent so much time in his garden shed. He asked me to recommend a manifesto cigar, Mr. Trey <laughs> Dedman. Is there a cigar called the Manifesto? There should be. Actually, there is. Um, it's one you can only get. Used to, you could only get it from at Jonathan a Drew. Store. <laughs> no, from Jonathan Drew. <laughs> but um, now you can get them from Pedro Gomez sometimes oh, okay. when you see him out. And I'll, but I've had a couple. It's actually pretty good. All right. And I'll, but the the manifesto you're writing about how you plan, you know, to take over the world. I don't know. You don't seem the world dominating type. I'm not. I'm not. I, do, I don't have that eagle, evil streak. I don't have that. I, I'm far too magnanimous to be an overlord. <laughs> Mighty modest of you. <laughs> but anyway, so we're back. And um, we were talking about buying cigars when you don't have a chance to walk into the humidor. 
and all and what to be choosing. So what we're going to do, let's wrap up this topic by I want to talk about a couple of sleepers. Give me two sleepers that if you're tired of everything in your humidor, you happen to be driving by the cigar store and you want them to have one run out to your car. What do you tell them to run out to your car? If it's a shop that has it, the Buffalo 10. It is hard to find. Um, it's made by Aladino. So it's it's not something that's that's in a whole lot of shops. Is that no? It's an Ace Prime cigar. Is that an Ace? Is that one Ace Prime? Yeah, Buffalo Ten is Ace Prime. Oh, okay. Let's go back and I'm glad I edit the show. I can make sure and cut that out. <laughs> um, so it's, the Buffalo Ten's an Ace Prime cigar. Uh, we had them on the show back to back. Yeah, I think that's, that's what confused. And that's you. what confused me. Um, well, and they also make the Fugly. That's right. Which is like a Toscano. Right. And that's probably what threw you but It's off. actually more like the LFD Cheroot or oh, okay. the NAS. It's all Lajero. Okay. Um, so it burns like asbestos. But anyway, um, it's in a black or it's in a brown paper wrapper. You would walk by it all day long and not notice it because it's usually going to be sitting on the budget shelf or, or by the samplers. Definitely, uh, you know, Smoker's Abbey here in East Nashville actually does it by the singles as well. If you haven't had one yet, it's definitely worth picking one up. That's a, that's a good recommendation. Um, also, hold on a second, I feel a cough coming on. I appreciate you turning away, and this is the reason we sit six feet apart. Well, that's, You wanted me to sit in your lap while we recorded this. But. Well, I, I mean, what fun is the show if you don't? But anyway, now... What I would recommend, um, Alta Deast has done so much good stuff. And if you haven't snagged an H. Upman, Connecticut yet, Nicaraguan, Connecticut, go ahead and get one. Yeah, that's a great recommendation. And I'll, there, you know, if you're going by Casa de Monte Cristo, they'll obviously have it because they're an Alta Deast store. And really, anything coming out of the AJ factory right now, you just can't go wrong with. Yeah, hard hard to go wrong. And uh, AJ's making just good cigars. They're yeah. just really on top of their game. There's been a lot of cigar companies that have kind of been on the rise. And there's been a few that have been kind of on the wane. You know, Drew Estate hasn't gotten no worse. They just they haven't, haven't gotten any better. Right, they haven't gotten any better. They haven't done anything that really, really impressed me. Well, and two years ago, General was making a huge surge. And they've kind of tapered off as well. Again, haven't gotten any worse. But compared to the year they had two years ago, it definitely feels like they're falling off or falling behind when really I think it's just that they're standing still. Yeah, and this is a good time to just kind of, you know, if you know the palate of your of your cigar store worker, this is a good time to ask them, hey, what are you smoking right now? And I will tell you, if you're an online kind of person, this is the epitome of sight unseen cigars. Um I have found lately that I don't know if I'm getting counterfeits or if I if there's just something wrong. I've got a couple of those medium filler uh, Nicaraguan sort of no-name bundles that I pick up one or two a month just to kind of keep me going through the day for, for my everyday smokes. And they're great. Anytime I've tried to venture out and get a main label, they have drawn so tight that we're almost unsmokable. Yeah, and I think some of that has to do with are they keeping, you know, the time of year, are they keeping them a little overhumidified right now? Do you need to dry them out a little? I actually put some medium fillers I had into a clay jar mm-hmm. just to dry them out. 
and that helped them out tremendously. You know, no humidipack in there, just the clay jar that seals up good and tight. Put them in there just to draw a little, you know, to, to basically dry box them. Yeah. I will say, and what I've learned, if their budget cigars intended to be sold for two and a half, three dollars a stick, you're fine. With online cigars, if it sounds like too good a deal to be true, it definitely is. They're either going to be seconds that are mislabeled or they may be counterfeits depending on where you're getting, you know, whether or not it's a reputable website. If you're getting La Polina black labels for $2.50 a stick, it's you're not going to be pleased. Right. You're going to have a drill in a garden shed trying to put a, exactly. a tap in them. <laughs> okay, so moving forward, this is an article from CSP, um, CSPDailyNews.com. Despite new players, cigars remain a tobacco staple. So this is interesting because, you know, Everybody hears me come out about how much I hate vaping. They've heard it ad nauseum on this show. Mm -hmm. And it's not because I feel like vaping is taking away from the cigar industry. Is the cigar industry bulletproof as long as the government don't fool with it? From a consumer's perspective, is the cigar industry bulletproof? I wouldn't go so far as to say bulletproof. Bullet resistant? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Semi-bullet retardant. Uh, No, the... They definitely have staying power. There is a lot of staying power with tobacco. You know, cigars are the last bastion of true tobacco. You know, it's still hand grown, hand cultivated, hand rolled. You know, it's an artisan product. They're works of art. And it's tobacco in its truest form versus cigarettes, which are full of arsenic and rat poison and you know, fiberglass and everything else. And then vape, which is just distilled nicotine with fruity pebbles flavoring. I think there's something somewhat romantic about an entire continent that was, that was settled on tobacco, you know, and then, and then the fact that we still have some of that ties back to old world, but then you get new technology and new blends that come out of it. You know, you get a little bit of, I, I think there's just something romantic about cigars. Well, and one of the appealing, you know, I've never seen a cigar marketing campaign geared toward getting new smokers. It's just no. not something they need to do. No. It's, it's a good product. They don't need to try to attract people to it. No, because there's something there's something kind of cool about it. I mean, I hate to I hate to be that, hey, all the cool kids smoke, but you know they do. <laughs> Smoking <laughs> does make you look cool. Let's face it. Sure. It's 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 an easy sale, you know, but I do wonder, you know, we've kind of we're kind of going through the vaping thing. I kind of wonder when um, snuff came out. I would like to have been a cigar smoker at that time and seen what people thought about that. Because it's so different from chewing tobacco. Right. It, it made chewing tobacco palatable. And if you wanted to draw a um, similarity between vaping and snuff, you probably could. Because snuff did make it real. Um, and, I'll imbi- and I don't mean snuff. Snuff is probably the wrong word. I've always called it snuff. But the little round packs of chewing tobacco. Yeah. Uh- well, are you talking about snus? No, no. Okay. I'm, no, I'm talking about, you know, the the Kodiak that you take yeah. a big wad of. Dip. Dip. Yeah. Dipping tobacco. Yeah, yeah, dipping tobacco. And uh, because, you know, you look at Red Man, 
and all. There was a. The, it's intimidating. Red men. Red man was kind of intimidating. Mm-hmm. And all. And if you even go back to where he took a big um, slab of tobacco out and slice a chaw off with your pocket knife and chew it, that's intimidating. <laughs> yeah. You know that's something I've never done. I've never have either. I've. I've. I have an iron stomach, but there is something so disgusting about dip that I just there is no part of me that wants to try it. No, I have no desire, and I know people that do it, and it is the hardest form of tobacco to quit. Mm-hmm. And I'll, there is no harder form of tobacco to quit than dipping. And I'll, I've known people that have tried to quit dipping by smoking cigarettes, which I don't know that that's an improvement. That's a lateral move at best. Yeah. And I'll, so just smoke a good cigar. Exactly. <laughs> and if, if all else fails, smoke a good cigar. So, really, the gist of the article is cigars still make up about 25% of the tobacco market. Which is a, a lot more than I expected. You know, 50% of the tobacco market's always going to be the standard cigarettes. Yeah. And all. And about 25 of it will be tobacco, it'll be cigars, and then everything else. Yeah, and it said the e-cigarettes are just 0.5%. Yeah, the you know, and the thing is, if you're used to enjoying a cigar, I couldn't, I could not imagine getting any satisfaction off of a vape, and all. I just, I can't imagine sitting at the poker table, and vaping, <laughs> and all. First, I harass anybody that does, right? But um, it, I do wonder if, as you know, as dipping came online, if people had the same reaction similar to what we're having toward vaping. I would be interested. Although, but I I bet dip has been around long enough. I guess it, as a byproduct of, I guess chew was around long enough that it probably made dip seem like not as big a jump as vape was from smoking. Yeah, yeah, I think there is some of that. So, just a little bit of of coronavirus talk. And I'm not going to do a lot of it because both of us vary greatly on our opinions of it. But do want to talk about interesting article. Um, from the Tampa Bay Times, Ebor City's traditions carry on with coronavirus caution. And this is a good article. Really shows like, you know, I got to visit Ebor City earlier this year. I can't wait to go back. And I'll, it's just such a great cigar place and such a great cultural place. You know, I don't get jealous of you for going on cruises and doing some of the other stuff. But the fact that you got to see Ebor City is something and, and be a part of the Tampa or the the cigar festival down there was something that I was I was really quite envious of. Well, it was it was really great because, you know, you could sit down and of course they they mix the Cafe Con Leche. With the cigars, everywhere you go makes coffee, and it's kind of expected. You know, they were yeah. to just have a package, cigar and a cup of coffee. It really should. And, uh, and I'm not a huge coffee drinker, but now a good ca- Cafe Con Leche with a good hand-rolled cigar sitting there outside the store relaxing. Nine o'clock in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just hard to beat. I could literally spend days there just going from shop to shop. And, uh, and then there's such great restaurants. You can have, you know, we had... Authentic Italian food. We had Greek food. We had New York style pizza. We had so many different types of food there. And I'll, you know, the um, the pirate bar down there. They have a picture of it here. Gaspar's Grotto. We actually went there for breakfast, and that's a really cool place. There is something I really like in this article. They talked to Drew Newman, who's the general counsel for J.C. Newman. You know, talking about now, J.C. Newman is the only cigar factory left in Ybor City. You know, they've all since moved out. 
Um, everybody else has, you know, you still get the local shops with the hand rolled and that sort of thing. But in terms of factories are the only ones left. But I, I love this quote. In uncertain times like these, we think of the past. Our family business has survived two world wars, the Great Depression, and many other challenges over the past 125 years, and we are certain that we will un- overcome this new business challenge as well. That is a bootstraps and hard work and, and brow sweat kind of approach of just, we'll work hard to get through it, and we know we will because we've seen it done before. I just I really like that approach to this. How long do you think it'll take to bounce back from this? Do you think that as soon as they they declare it, you know, declare it safe that people are going to rush back or do you think you're going to have a longer delay? I think tourism is going to slag off for about a year. And I think we're looking at at least 3 to 5 years before the economy gets back to where it was. Well, and I do think you know, a big part of that's going to be um, the people. Well, and I th- and that's really where, I, you know, you look at there are more people filing for unemployment right now than ever before in the history of the country. And and it's not necessarily because of our economy. I mean, it, it it's ultimately going to end up being so, but it's it has more to do with a, a very acute factor. So what's going to happen is it's going to take longer to... Um, to bounce back because these business owners who are just trying to do whatever they can to keep the doors open right now are going to have to hire people back slowly. They can't just go right back to the volume they were at one of the best economies we've seen in the last couple of decades. And so, you know, it's going to take us some time to get back. And then because the people, you know, some of which are going to remain out of work or, or be underemployed to what they were while we try and get profits back to where they were and that sort of thing, you know, it's, it's going to be a bit, uh, before we, before we start to see everybody willing to spend money on luxury items like travel and cigars. Yeah. And cigars are a luxury item and uh, they, they should be a luxury item. Cigars should not be a, you got to feed your daily Jones for a cigar. It should be a luxury item. It should be something you can enjoy in moderation and at your leisure. Now, the the one caveat I'll say to what I just said, which is, you know, hopefully everyone being locked in their houses for the next, you know, in Tennessee, they just announced an official statewide stay-at-home order. So for the next two weeks, we're not leaving our houses except for essential trips to the grocery store or the doctor and those of us who still have to work. So... I, I would like to think that everyone's going to be so desperate for human interaction that our local brick and mortars bounce back pretty quickly. Yeah, I think they will because a lot of people, you know, and it's going to provide a lot of interesting conversation at the at the mm-hmm. cigar shop of, you know, hey, what did you, what did you do during the quarantine? What did, what were you doing? What were you, you know, who were you seeing and all that? You know, um, the luxury industries that are going to be hit the hardest, um, the cruise industry is going to be decimated. Yeah, and and with it, some of their major ports. Yeah, you know, you talk about, we got an article here. From the LA Times. Yeah, for, of all places, about somewhere near and dear to my heart, Cozumel. Yeah, you've been there many times. Oh, I go there all the time. I say I go there once a year at least. At least, yeah. Once or twice a year because it's a quick cruise. I can just go to Mobile and be on a cruise boat and go to Cozumel, and Cozumel's beautiful. And I've been once. I went on a cruise when I was in my mid-teens, um, 
and and I remember we went to Playa del Carmen and the Mayan ruins, mm-hmm. and then we went to uh, and then we took a little ferry back into Cozumel. Friendly, beautiful, um, you know, really just a great place to spend a day. Yeah, the salespeople can get a little high pressure there. Well, and imagine what it's going to be like when this is all over. So the per- the the main focus of the article is, is Cozumel relies entirely on tourism for their economy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cozumel and Grand Turk both, without tourism, doesn't exist. They're both islands. They both they don't have enough space to pres- to make a lot of stuff. And all in Grand Turk is only 18, 1,800 people live in Grand Turk. Yeah. Literally, when a hurricane comes to Grand Turk, they can pull a, a cruise ship up there and get everybody on the island off the island in one swoop. And all. So there's going to be um, the cruise industry bouncing back, I think, is going to be a big deal. I imagine I'm going to get a free cruise out of this. Probably so. And all, because they're going to they're gonna market that pretty hard. They're going to have to come out with some pretty aggressive marketing. And, you know, I'm of the opinion the CDC knows what they're doing. They're the smartest people in the world in their field. And they're going to know, let us know when it's safe. And, all. and of course, uh, getting a vaccine out is going to be the big thing. Yeah, but we're still a year away from that. Yeah, they went. They just. I just seen an article today where they went into stage two trials on a vaccine, mm-hmm. and um, they're having you know having good luck with chloroquine and several different drugs like that, and all um, malaria drugs of all things. Yeah. And um, I knew about chloroquine because I watch Mash. <laughs> <laughs> I know the difference in chloroquine and primaquine because I watch Mash. And also, uh, that's yeah. such a good episode. Oh, great episode! And uh, and you're going to kind of go through that, and the cruise industry will pull through. I mean. People that people like me that are cruisers, the thought of taking a vacation that isn't a cruise for me just is kind of stressful. I can see that. You're used to just having it all laid out for you. Oh, yeah, just just being there, just being on the boat. I wouldn't care to go on a boat and go out to sea and come back. It wouldn't bother me. Some of my favorite days on a cruise are the are the at-sea days. Oh, yeah, the at-sea days. I love, when I take a cruise, I always try to gear it where the first day is a day at sea, just so I can kind of get to know the boat. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes me about a day to be where I can navigate a boat that I've never been on before. Figure out who your buffet nemesis is going to be. That's right. Get your timing down. Figure it, out when to hit the omelet bar. That's right. You know, figure There's always a buffet nemesis. There's oh, always yeah. someone that's right in front of you, and they always get the last brioche or the last slice of steak or whatever it is. Yeah, there's always somebody. And, all, and you just kind of have to, to figure out what their schedule is in, in conjunction with your schedule. I call them the visa cruiser. Yeah. So everywhere you want to be. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, Cozumel is one of the biggest cruise ports in the country or yeah. in the world. It's deep water. It's easily accessible. So every cruise company that operates in the Caribbean has a stop in Cozumel. Oh, it's not unusual to pull into Cozumel and there be three boats there. Mm-hmm. You know, already three boats. They have, last year they had more than 1,300 cruise ships come to Cozumel, four and a half million passengers. That's a whole bunch of people. And you think about this is going, this is going to affect the cruise industry at the cruise industry's busiest time. Especially considering how many cruises have been in the news for having to quarantine passengers. You know, that's a that's a PR hit that they are really going to have a hard time coming back from, even though it's not their fault. Yeah. I mean, and it's part of being in business. Mm-hmm. Un, unforeseen things happen when you're in business. 
And I'll actually, Carnival owns most of the boats. You know, even the, um, Roy, they don't own Royal Caribbean, but they own like the higher end, the um, Holland Americas and things like that. So there's probably going to be some some deals on some cruises out there for those of us that aren't that aren't scared of going and getting anything and all. So, but when when this is all over, go ahead and book you a cruise for. I'll, I'm probably going to book a fall cruise when the deals start coming in. I figure by middle of May, I'm, my email is going to be on fire with cruise deals. Well, so with with Noel and I having to postpone our wedding because of all of this, the uh, we've also had to postpone our honeymoon as well. So maybe if we can find. Maybe if we can find a cruise for dirt cheap, we may end up doing that instead. I'll hook you up on my get, guy. Get, end up with two vacations for the price of one. Oh yeah, the, the good the good thing about the cruise, the honeymoon cruise, is you you know you don't have to leave the cabin if you don't want to. They'll bring the food right to you, and uh, you can just hang out and enjoy it. And uh, it'll be interesting if one of the things because one of the things they could do to kind of spur the cruise industry back up is let people smoke on the balconies yeah a lot of people you know i quit buying balcony rooms when they quit letting me smoke on the balcony and a lot of people did a lot of people quit paying the extra money for the balcony room because what's the point yeah what's the point i'm like oh yeah you can sit out there and look at the water but i i like to people watch especially if you don't drink yeah especially if if you're like me and you're not a big drinker i have noticed i have been having a little few more cocktails during the during the quarantine Really? And I have I have kind of at the end of the day had poured me a little cocktail that I normally wouldn't have had, and I'll nothing you know for me. Luckily, <laughs> the liquor stores are all essential businesses, so you're safe. Well, sure you can't you can't lock people in their house and take away their drink, right? <laughs> and all, but it's 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 interesting times. It's nice to live in interesting times and see what all this. I do think one of the things that's going to come out of this is social media is going to take a big hit. People are going to be so tired. Sick. Oh yeah, of all the doomsayers on social media. Mm-hmm. And on now the cigar industry's done a great job. While we're talking about this, they've done a great job of stepping up their social media presence. They really have. I've been. Uh, I follow Nate McIntyre, who's uh, the media marketing director for um, La Aurora. And they've been doing a really good job of. I don't know if that's his official title, just in case he's listening. Um, but they've been doing a really good job of, of finding out which brick-and-mortar stores are still operating in some capacity, be it uh, curbside or delivery, uh, and and posting about it on their social media of, hey, these guys are still trying to do what they can. Yeah, and um, McAuliffe Cigars, Andy Yaffe, he's been doing three um – McAuliffe ambassador roundtables a day. I know. I finally had to turn off the notifications from that ambassador group <laughs> off on Facebook because I was just getting worn out so much. And uh, I listened to the one with him and Big Boy Cigars yesterday, and it was fun. I mean, it was kind of fun to see the guys and hear them talk about it and talk about what they like to smoke and what they've been smoking during this. And got to give Andy an attaboy. He's really worked hard at that, and yeah. he's also not been a McAuliffe snob about it. No, he really hasn't. And all, he's been willing to talk to people about any kind of cigar they want to smoke. Mm-hmm. And all, and, that, and I think that goes a long ways. You've got to have enough faith in your product that you're not scared of your competition. And, all, and I think Andy's done a great job of that. So Absolutely. I really, I really want to commend Andy on that and all for, for all that he's done. But all the cigar companies have really stepped up their social media times during this. So, And, man... Don't you wish you'd bought a couple of thousand shares of Zoom right before this started? Oh, I know. Although I, I do want to, on a, on a non-cigar related um, point here, speaking of Zoom, 
Zoom has become the go-to for everybody. Well, at my company, we started using Google Hangouts Meet. And I've got to say, so I don't think we've actually talked about the fact that I have hearing loss on, on the podcast before. The fact that I, like, I wear hearing aids, I have a really difficult time hearing people on the phone or through digital. Google Hangouts Meet, if you're the kind of person that prefers to watch TV with closed captions on... Google does live captions for your meetings. It's it's a game changer. Oh yeah. If you have any ability to choose which one you use, I fully say let's support Google so that we get more of that technology out there because it's awesome. I do think that, that technology advances in that, and also, I mean, even professionally, like my real estate stuff. The days of going and having to sit in a classroom to keep up my certifications are coming to an end. How many people that you know? looking at doing some professional development stuff while we're a little slow at work. And, you know, all of these things that used to be three days in a classroom are now two days online. Well, we're coming to the end of the show. The feral flying pig is a seven plus. Yeah. Especially this particular feral pig. Especially because it's seven plus years old. Yeah, seven plus years old. Thanks to John Jonathan for pulling this out of their humidor for me and getting me this for my birthday. I, I couldn't think of a better way to enjoy it than sitting here today and kind of I've missed the human interaction. I mean, I've got my wife, and I love interacting with my wife, but it is kind of nice to have some outside interaction. So I've really enjoyed our time today kind of sitting together talking. Absolutely. Um, so I will say in the second half of this cigar, it has jumped from a four to a five. But the fact that it made me wait till the second half of the cigar is going to make me put it down to a four and a half. Okay, well, that's a, that's a fair rating. I haven't smoked that particular one. I think I've got another one in that bag. I'll have to smoke it and give my opinion on it as well. And I'll, But how do they get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us by email at info at thecigarcast.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at thecigarcast. And uh, we're probably most prolific on facebook.com slash thecigarcast. Any reps out there, I'm going to put this out, any reps out there that are kind of jonesing to talk to people and get get more out about what they're doing during the quarantine and what their cigar companies are doing, shoot us a text. Yeah. Jump, shoot us a message we'll on Facebook. We'll jump on a Google Hangouts and, and we can record you from where you are. This is a great time to, to build some excitement before we all get turned back loose on our cigar shops. Well, thank you everybody for listening this week. Until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.